Coming in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the one that gets us over the middle of the week, where we gather every day, Monday through Friday. And what we do is discuss the issues between food producers and food consumers, and they're pretty much all gone now. We've eliminated all of them thanks to the the insight, the intelligence, and the wits of none other than J.C. Cole at a truly undisclosed location in New Jersey. J.C., what's going on? Well, you know, it's hard to believe that we're almost a quarter of the way through the year. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the end of March. Uh, so, you know, a bunch of, bunch of things. I mean, um, we, 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 we're still seeing very strange events such as the, uh, the chocolate factory blowing up, you know, and it's like Willy Wonka's movie. <laughs> um, and I mean, it blew up. You know, it wasn't it a must, fire. It apparently was kind of hot. Yeah. Um, not really sure. You know, what does that? And then, and then, uh, there's been two more, uh, trail dera- uh, derailments. Um, one, I think just two days ago in, uh, in California. Um, and, um, and then the other one in North Dakota. 70 unit car train in Wymere, near Wymere, North Dakota. Yeah. Came uh, off the track Sunday night, 1115. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. And it, what a runaway train in San Bernardino, um, uh, happened. And, and you, you start to go, and then there was the, uh, the, the chemical spill in the Delaware River. Where it actually was in a, a, a river leading into the Delaware, that uh, Philadelphia um, was told to not to drink the water, mm-hmm. and which is a great reason to have a big Berkey or any of the equivalents, um, just in case uh, somebody pollutes your entire water supply. Or you would call that a rag that you wear around your neck every single day. Yeah, uh, I'd want a little more than a rag. For uh, for some of this stuff, you know. So if we uh, okay, but still, a rag is your best your best one insurance policy you can pack with you at all time. Yeah, which is why the the cowboys on the trail said that there was one hundred and one uses for a rag. Okay, right, but you know, when we looked, it, there isn't just it, this isn't just happening to food producers. You know, it's happening to chemical factories, water treatment uh, chemical factories, um, uh, train derailments, uh, energy refineries, um, you know. And, you know, at what point do you say this uh, This is not coincidence? Well, you know, and, and you're in my case, it was a while ago. Right, right. And, and you know, one of the challenges is that... that uh, we, um, how would you say it? Um, the problem is that we don't know if it's just normal, normal happenings, you know, and, and who's going to be able to do a statistical analysis, except for, um, uh, was it Jim Willie did one who said that uh, the train uh, derailments is just off the charts on probability. And, and that, or if these are clandestine attacks. And the, 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 uh, 
you know, we, we, we won't know, but we do know that um, the, uh, you know, the people coming across the border um, <laughs> are real and that we have uh, uh, military age people coming across the border that are, you know, uh, Taliban and, 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 uh, and Chinese and, and uh, that's real, that, uh, that be, uh, that's being testified to by the guys that are trying to stop it, right? And so if you actually look into uh, uh, And an amendment to that, it's real because I saw it with my own eyes first weekend in November with a tour by the Texas National Guard. They said in the last six months, and this is the first week in November, it was off the charts, the Chinese, Russian, and Iranians that are crossing the border. And quite frankly, they're not families. They're young, single males. Right. And there's also a report that they were bringing in uh, military uh, quality ornament, um, and and that's called pre-positioned logistics. You know, they're they're storing up different stuff, and and uh, um, which is military operation, right? And and so historically, when you read on on uh, the special forces, they're all trained, you know, to go in and destroy the infrastructure, make it look like coincidence. And and is this a, what's happening to us? I think so, you know. And and uh, you know, people just can't wrap their their head around it that uh, we're under attack. You know, and the same with the fent- fentanyl coming into our inner cities. Do you think that's just an accident? Mm. No. Uh, I will correct you. Fentanyl is not just going to the inner cities. It's going to rural, urban. It's going everywhere. Yeah, and and this is. Uh, this is a clandestine attack on basically our society. Um, right. And so, you know, my, my famous quote, Sun Tzu is the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about drug them up? And, uh, and then of course, uh, there's another one from Sun Tzu. All warfare, warfare is based on deception. And, and, and plenty of that going around. Right. Not many people know that the law was changed a couple of years ago during the Obama administration. Um, uh, I forgot the actual name of the uh, uh, law, but it, it uh, before it was forbidden that the U.S. government could use propaganda on the American people. And that was uh, changed. It's like the Smoot-Hartley law or something like that. And um, and so the U.S. government's allowed to run propaganda on on the population well i just got to point out that it may have been illegal but prior to obama they were still running propaganda on the u.s population yes yeah a lot of illegal things just yeah 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 um it's amazing how they just kind of change the laws to allow them to do stuff like uh insider trading um, um other things how about allow them to sexually assault people without having criminal charges? They have yeah. a, yeah. they have this little, what, what, what's it called? Um, or your immune immunity to immunity. sexual, sexual yeah. crime charges if you're an elected official. Yeah. How do you so, rationalize that? So we've got, uh, we've got quite the mess that's uh, all building. 
And of course, you know, financially, if you look what we, we had, what, four banks go down in America, but we had uh, Credit Suisse go down, and um, which was the second largest Swiss bank. And now it looks like possibly Deutsche Bank, which is the largest European bank. And, um, you know, that, that when that goes down, my guess is that the euro goes down. And um, then you have real um, chaos. Man, uh, I'm getting bits and pieces, and Andrew even confirmed it. And I say Andrew because what he hears in the UK tends to be a, a day, a week, or a year, or forever before we hear stuff that countries are beginning to tell their people do not trust or have confidence in the American dollar. Yes, I did see that there was um, the president of, uh, I think it was Nigeria. Uh, I'm not, uh, one, of, one of the African I think countries. it's Uganda. Uh, no, no, Kenya. It was Kenya. Ken- yeah, you're right, Kenya. Yeah, jeez. Uh, we got to get back to the uh, and, studying of the atlas. Uh and remind me again where Obama's family is from. Who? Obama. Yeah. I think he was a test tube baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. did, you, did you ever hear that interview with his grandmother? I I I, I saw parts of it. Yeah. It was pretty telling. I think All Kenya right. has about uh, 55 million people. Roll out, JC Cole, Trent Loose. We're back with just our five million people after this. Let's talk about certified Piedmontese for a moment. We're talking about a specific beef program that meets the consumer's needs. In this case, it's the need for tenderness because, you know, tenderness drives consumer demand. It drives the eating experience. It's often overlooked, but the Piedmontese breed happens to possess a level of tenderness that few other breeds do. It's because of the myostatin gene that occurs naturally in these Piedmontese cattle from Italy. The old limousine cattle had the same uh, gene, but we didn't pay attention to it. Fortunately, the Piedmontese breeders have. They've mastered the performance aspect, coming calving easy. And when you calve easy, grow fast, and generate a tender beef evening experience for the consumer, it's a win-win for the producer, a win-win for the consumer, and you can find the plethora of protein on the web at, where's it at? Yeah, certifiedpiedmontese.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside J.C. Cole, who is going to bring us some positive news. What's the good news of the day, J.C.? That was kind of a downer. Well, oh, did. <laughs> hey, oh, okay. we're still here to provide solutions. That's the yeah, great thing. Actually, actually, we're still standing. Uh, we're getting ready for the fight. Hey, uh, so there is there is some good news. And and it is coming into spring, which I'm very happy about, you know, uh, that the heating season is going to start ending. Um, yeah, and I am purchasing a, uh, a, a, um, a food uh, 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 freezer. Um, what would you call it? Um, a dryer. Uh, 
What did you call that? Not a dehydrator. Not a dehydrator. It was a um, freeze dryer. Freeze dried food. Yeah, food freeze dryer. Um, uh, And, and, you know, it's one of the best ways to do long-term storage of food. And, and again, that's going to be a real problem if our systems break. The vast majority of people don't even have the ability to uh, to uh, store a harvest. How are you going to store a harvest like our grandparents? Uh, we're going to keep canning and putting the food in the storm cellar? Yes, we don't. Not many people have storm cellars. And, of course, almost nobody has... Um, has uh, uh, mason jars for canning, you know, and, and uh, you're not going to. I'm not worried about the jars. I just need to have an ample inventory of lids. Well, that part's true. And I'm, I think that you'd be able to somehow come up with a, a solution, possibly like some saran wrap over it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, and Or wax. I think that that's one of the ways that they seal the jars. But making glass is a very energy intensive um, operation, and you're just not going to be able to to do it if the systems break. You know, and, and my understanding and my calculations were for a family of four, you need about 500 um, uh, uh, mason jars uh, for one year of food if you're going to use them. Uh- Can can I just make an observation that only an engineer would actually sit down and figure out how many mason jars you need to keep a family of five, four for a year? Yeah, that's why you need them around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, when this day comes, you won't be around because it it won't be chatting every week like this. No, that's that's true. And uh, and and by the way, that that engineer sat down and figured out how many mylar bags you need <laughs> per person per year for a freeze dryer. Right. I'm. I got to say that I'm less excited about a freeze dryer than I am just about having a uh, a chicken hatchery of my own. As long as I, I got a chicken hatchery, you don't. You can't just have chickens. You got to have chicken. You got to be able to, you know, make chickens. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, I called up my neighbor, uh, um, farmer who has a, a really nice, um, <clears throat> uh, organic farm, let's say semi organic, um, uh, based on Joel Salton's theories of rotation. <clears throat> he has over a thousand birds. <laughs> and, and, um, and, uh, I, purchased off of uh, Craigslist, an antique incubator from the 1940s that can incubate maybe up to a thousand eggs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in a, in a month. And so I'm getting that, I'm upgrading it uh, <laughs> from 1942 electronics to maybe the year 2000 electronics. Um, and, and so I, I might need a thousand eggs and I only have like 30 birds. So I called him up. He doesn't have any roosters. And yeah. I was like, you're not going to. Yeah, I, I think that's a critical part. <laughs> it, it is. Despite what the news tells you about picking your gender, you have to have a male and a female if you want a little one. Right. 
Right. I don't think you get two roosters together and have uh, baby roosters. Um, yeah. So, so um, you, you, even even the farmers that are raising birds, the majority of them don't have the ability to incubate. Right. You know, and uh, you, you need fertilized eggs. Well, you need a male and a female. You can cr- create the incubation on your own, but you can't do anything yeah. if you don't have a male and a female. Yeah, that that part's true. And um, and then the the other thing is, I went out. Uh, you know, so you know, we're we're we were the farmland of New Jersey. Now we're more like the condominium with a few farmland uh, farms still here. So um, I went out and I bought some baby chicks. And the price of baby chicks has gone up probably threefold. Uh, and a, um, a hen that would be, let's say, 20 weeks old and laying um, is up to about $25. Really? Yeah. You know, and, and, and you sit there and you, you scratch your head and you go, oh, my. And, and uh, listen, sewage hasn't hit the fan yet. I know. Did you hear what you Freudian slipped there? You scratch your head <clears throat> like a chicken would scratch the dirt. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And all those wonderful sayings that come from chicken raising. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Henpecked. Did you ever see a rooster that was henpecked? Oh, right. Yeah, um, I, I look in the mirror every day. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's the other one? Brood, brooding, right? Yeah. Uh, how about that's not chicken feed? <laughs> Actually, chicken feed. Our feed has gone up fifty. Um, yeah, fifty percent. He's acting like a spring chicken, right? Right. Or then, of course, the other ones. We're not spring chickens anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, so you know, it's um. I, the only thing I can say is you just got to look at different areas and start to prepare. Um, you know, it, it, it looks that almost all necessary areas for, um, you know, for uh, a healthy life are uh, being attacked. Uh, not to revert back, but have you seen the data on the number of states that have had banking regulation uh, initiatives or bills presented that would move away from a currency base? No, I haven't. It's overwhelming in terms of the number of states where something has been presented. Uh, not all states are passing it, the good news. Uh, including my state at this point. But I just think that it's paramount that we fight this uh, initiative to move away from the dollar period. Because when you, know, when you move to digital currency as the driver, I don't see a good end game. No, I see a terrible end game. You know, the, the central bank digital currencies um, that just gives them more control. And then, you know, who are they fooling? Our entire power grid is unhardened and, and can be taken down at any time. So if you're running on digital currencies, what happens? You can't exchange. I mean, yeah. um, and, 
and of course you, you you see the hypocrisy where the central banks are all buying gold <laughs> okay uh buy gold do uh you know do what we say not what we do um you know we'll buy the gold you guys get digits and and uh so it it looks like they're setting us up for some massive control and of course if the supply chain goes down and the governments had stored food they have control over you i have to say that and i had this conversation on trend on the loose yesterday with the independent feed dealer in hope minnesota and uh Larry was telling me that he just Muller, Larry Muller that owns Krause feed and livestock supplies. He was telling me that he can get anything in two days. That challenge that was there with supply chain two years ago just hasn't came back. I wonder if it's just making sure everything's available now to create this artificial comfort and that you should oh, buckle your seatbelt. But JC, you'll have to pick it up right there. When we come back with the second half, roll out J.C. Cole, Trent Luce, more after this. Here we are fighting for freedom. Maintaining a free and fed America does not come easy. It comes with work and due diligence. As a, an American citizen, we need to stand up for the truth. You know, we talk about being a nation of laws. Well, these laws that are being violated in terms of immigration may be the first violation of our property rights Folks, you need to partner with somebody who can empower you to go forward and make a difference. Speaking your peace of mind at the local level, being engaged at every single level. And the only way you do that is get information with a partner like Protect the Harvest. Details about signing up for a free mail email newsletter. And you could always send 20 bucks to help the cause. Protecttheharvest.com to maintain a free and fed America. Welcome back. Trent Luce alongside J.C. Cole, joining us with a whole lifetime of wisdom and experience, but 18 years in Lafayette is what we're banking on, banking on being the uh, the benchmark for saving yourself. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Being prepared, you know, which brings in um, one of our favorite things. And what happened this week in history of significance, right? And... It was March 29th, 2004. Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Romania, Slovakia, Bulgaria, and Slovenia all joined NATO. I was there. And while I thought it was a good thing, I'm now looking at it going, look, I think that this was a uh, an agenda put forward Um to um, um, eventually create a war with Russia, which is where we're at right now. But take us back to that day. What were your thoughts that day? Um, And by the way, it's not often you can talk about historical events that you can tell people you were there. Yes, and uh, well, first it was it was quite a celebration for the Latvians, the Latvians particularly, uh, the uh, the culture that um, because you know being a tiny country next to a big country and a big country that had history of taking you over, um, you know that that was a feeling of security, and it was mm-hmm. you know that you had um, you had some form of bond with some other countries um, uh, that could protect you, so. 
And with that, they also joined the EU or the um, uh, European Union. And with that, it was very interesting because a huge amount of money came flooding into the country for investment. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and, uh, you know, and uh, it, it created um, a real estate market and and heated up. Now, when they joined the union, and I do believe that having a union is, is important, um, you know, that uh, you could travel between the countries. Right. Otherwise, there were different restrictions. So you you ended up getting a lot of people from um, from uh, let's say Western Europe coming in to see what was up in Eastern Europe, and 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 peacefully, right? Right. Um, and and that part was good. It was kind of like uh, um, uh, the heyday of, of building and investing and creating new business, um, you know. And and in, in many ways, you know, the same happened in Russia as far as that Russians were getting on their feet and starting to generate business. Um, and now, you know, you look uh, uh, that this war in Ukraine was um, purposely, in my opinion, purposely uh, created um, to push to who's ever behind NATO into a fight with Russia. And in fact, right now, and this shows this shows that there's a hidden, hidden agenda. The British are going to give the Ukrainians depleted uranium shells for their tanks. They give them the tanks, and then they give them mm-hmm. depleted uranium. Okay. Now you think now the British are going. Oh, we want the Ukrainians to defend themselves. It's the largest breadbasket in Europe. And they're going to spread uranium around it and pollute it. That pretty much seals the fate of the Ukrainians. And, and, and it destroys the largest breadbasket for, you know, thousands of years. What's wrong with these people? This is, this is not defending the Ukrainians. Right. And, and Russia won't tolerate it. Russia very clearly says you're not going to come in and pollute this land. Right? We'll wipe you. We will wipe Britain off the face of the earth. They basically said it. You know, so so you look, you go, who is really behind this agenda? I, I, I want to share a personal story that is dr- indirectly related to what you're talking about. So two times I've been very fortunate. This was back about 2000. I went to Sherikoff Island in Alaska. And the reason I went is because there are uh, wild cattle on this 33,000-acre island that <clears throat> been there since the 1850s when Russia was coming into what's now known as Alaska. They brought cattle, and they they brought cattle, and they brought fox. They populated the island with cattle and fox, and then they used it as a penal colony for any Ala- native Alaskans that were unruly. They put them there. Okay, so we acquire this with Seward's folly, which wasn't a folly at all. Another bit of propaganda from the government. Anyway, we acquire Alaska from Russia. And we use this particular island as an anti-aircraft tracking station during World War II. 
it's all fairly well documented. There's a, an infrastructure of corroded and, and rusted towers and different things on the north end of the island. And that's the only civilization you've seen on the island. And until the other day, I got a phone call from a guy who built a shack on that island in, um, I think he said in the 60s, no, excuse me, in the 80s, but I, I digress. There's an area on the north end of this island, JC, that, and I estimated it to be a section big, so 640 acres is just my estimate, where it's like you just walked into a desert. There's nothing. It's just bare dirt. And then there's this one spot in the middle that was taller than me and had a little bit of grass growing on the top of it. It was like this little tower, which wasn't two foot wide, two foot square growing up. I was just perplexed. And the whole answer to this is there was some chemical present during that World War II era when they were using that as an anti-aircraft tracking station that sterilized that dirt. The The tower is where the topsoil used to be, that little two-by-two two tower, where the topsoil right. used to be, so somehow it didn't get contaminated, and so it was in a perfect little tower. There was at least six feet of erosion. And I kept yeah. thinking to myself, this occurred in the 40s, and keep in mind this is 2000, so this occurred 60 years ago. And it's still like this today. I was like, what could be so potent? But what you're describing isn't any different than that. Yes. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting. And, 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 and you just can't justify anybody doing this. And um, along that line, by the way, you know, you must have read my notes because March 30th, 1867, what happened in Alaska? Um, 67, I was one year old. Let's see, I don't remember mom telling me. Oh, 1867? I wasn't even one year old. I was like negative 100. Right. Um, The Alaskan Purchase. Was that 1867? 1867. The United States buys Alaska from Russia for $7,200,000, which was roughly two cents an acre. A good deal. Yeah, but what did they do to Seward after that? Well, you know, let's see. Politics, we just don't want to go into. (laughs) I'm glad we're staying away from politics on this program. (laughs) Right, right. So... So, but, you know, along these lines. That is pretty funny, just for the record, and people listening. I had no idea that that was also this week, and that was in your cliff notes. Right, and and this happens to us about every two weeks. So, so (laughs) along along this line of the the, depleted uranium, you know, March 28th, 1979. Okay, so you were around. 79, what happened in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? Oh, well, this is pretty easy. There's a little museum setting there that's not running today. Yeah, so the partial meltdown of Three Islands. Three Mile uh, Island. Three Mile Island nuclear plant, right? And, and guess who was going to school just about an hour hour east of that? Uh, uh, some young whippersnapper named J.C. Cole. Yep, that was it. 
yep, studying hard and going, hey, are we going to die <laughs> shortly? Um, maybe we don't have to do our engineering homework. No, we better get it done. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, why, uh, you know, why are we using nuclear energy uh, for, for electricity? I, I think, what was it? Even Einstein say it's a really bad way to heat water. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what, what are we doing? Well, actually, one of the reasons why we have nuclear plants is the byproduct allows us to make nuclear weapons. So maybe we should get rid of the nuclear weapons. I think that would be a great idea. I I just realized last week, because I've never really studied nuclear, because I figure we have 800 years of coal. Why are we worried about nuclear? But aside from that, and I've, I have flown into Harrisburg many times, and I see that three-mile island sitting there along the river. This past weekend, JC, I was going to be that investigative journalist, and I was in Minnesota. There's a nuclear facility in Minnesota that has a leak, second leak in 30 days. So I went mm-hmm. to Montevideo to check this out. I got to Montevideo and I talked to the county sheriff to see where the nuclear facility was. And the deputy looked at me and she said, sir, we don't have one in Montevideo. There's one in Monticello. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I went to the wrong town, but oh, well. I, I just, it just came to my awareness that nuclear facilities, maybe even more concerning than the nuclear weapons are always put next to a river. Because they need a massive amount of water to keep them from burning up. Yes. And if there is a leak, where's the, where's the, the contaminants go? Yep. And, uh, along those lines, right? Many rivers are over fault lines, um, which is a really bad place to put a nuclear plant. And, and, and of course, in a flood zone, if the river floods, which is, uh, again, ne- not a really wise thing. That never no. happened. Roll around. J.C. Cole, Trent Luce, we will flood you with more information when we get back after this. And let's talk about keeping the lights on. The only way we continue to have a life that improves the environment, improves our health, improves every aspect of our life is a reliable source of energy. And in this case, electricity, it is coal. 800 years of coal exist. And we have men and women working in the lignite energy field to make sure that it's delivered to us without impedance. Now, the impedance may come from somebody else. But the system is here, and the people are working day in and day out, 24-7, to keep the lights on. Lignite Energy, it's all about life, powered by coal. Get a glimpse of the people behind the scenes at Lignite.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose, J.C. Cole, into the final segment. Uh, as a little means of a promo, just because I'm excited about this. Angie Ford from Murray County, president of the Murray County Cattlemen, where I was Saturday night. She's going to be here tomorrow, so I look forward to what the latest in the cattle business is. All right, JC, did we uh, get through all of your what happened this week? No, no, but do you hear the chirping in the background by chance? I I hear your chicks that you picked up for $7.82 a piece. 
exactly somewhere twelve dollars. Wow. Um, yes, and uh, and uh, they're underneath a heat lamp in in the den <laughs> for now. Um, okay, can I, March. Can 20- I just say that there are major uh, news networks and whatnot that have to buy the sound effects that you and I can bring on a natural basis. Yeah. So, so March the 29th, 1973, U.S. troops leave Vietnam after uh, nine years after the Tonkin Resolution. And, of course, now we know the Tonkin Resolution was based on a lie told to us by Lyndon Baines Johnson. And, um, and uh, you know, 55,000 American troops um you know and and my understanding is we may still have uh MIAs or POWs uh in in Vietnam and we haven't done anything about it i think we'll talk about that next week but and i was that was so that was march 1973 and i was turning 18 in august of 74 i i i, had, I was the last month to register for the draft and uh if they didn't pull out, uh, it looked like I was going to Vietnam. So I'm pretty happy that uh, we landed that. Speaking of war, and this is something that I don't believe you've ever brought to the forefront, even though the concept you bring every week. But I had a friend of mine who constantly gives me good stuff. Takes a lot of time to sort through what Mandy sends to me. But she today has sent me a transcript of an interview with Norman Dodd. This transcript was acquired, uh, it was done with uh, a guy named C. Edward Griffin in 1982. And Norman Dodd was working for the Rockefellers slash Carnegie in 1929 and basically walked through how that financial crisis was created because um, Rockefellers and Carnegie's believed the only way to control people was to intermittently go to war so you can keep control of people. I would uh, think that that's uh, probably quite accurate. So if you get a chance and can find the transcript from C. Edward Griffin and Norman Dodd, you might think you're reading today's headlines. Yeah. Uh, Because the other thing that they said you had to control to control the people Education, and we must infiltrate the education system. Well, they've done pretty well at that. Yeah, and uh, Kissinger came out and said, you know, um, control oil, you control nations, control food, you control the people. And what are we watching? We're watching a battle between the Russians and basically the uh, uh, um, Rockefellers and and, uh, Rothschilds over who's going to allow oil who's going to control oil and the price of oil and, um, and the, um, the currency will be paid for in, um, and also uh, look at the food. And one of my contacts had said the first, the first part of food to go missing in a war zone is animal protein. Um, are we in a war zone? Because it looks like somebody's trying to get rid of animal protein and uh, by coincidence, the United Nations wants us to eat bugs. I don't like eating bugs. I want the, my chickens to eat bugs. I actually think that that's, uh, I went into a great dissertation about this on across the pond this morning, and I suppose now's the time to do it. 
here. I think that the whole cricket and fake meat thing is a distraction from what they really want to create in terms of an alternative protein source. You know how we've been lied to that animals contribute to climate change through the greenhouse gas emissions? Right. And we're investing trillions of U.S. dollars, taxpayer dollars, in a pipeline to bury this damaging CO2, which is present in the atmosphere at 443 parts per million. And it's pretty well documented that if we had 3,000 parts per million, we'd have more growth and it would, life would even be better. Well, there's a long history about this, but the reason that we were talking about burying it and encapsulating it in Oliver County, North Dakota, is because that's the only way they build the pipeline through eminent domain. What I have now acquired information to prove and we'll continue to shed light on this as we go forward, is that CO2 is the way you control. It's the new oil. It's the way that you control people. There are eight tremendous new products that they've determined can be made from CO2. And I personally talked to a friend of mine who's in the CO2 business yesterday. He said six months ago he was buying CO2. He make primarily makes dry ice. He's buying CO2 at 17 cents a pound and today it's 70 cents a pound i now have good data to suggest that the entire co2 pipeline is a fraud brought upon the american people to capture the co2 and it's already been sold and if you you don't have to go digging go to look at air protein like air atmosphere air protein.com I want to read to you from there. It says, because making meat doesn't have to mean deforestation, factory farming, or greenhouse gas production harming the planet. We will make meat from air. And guess what the key component to make meat is? CO2. Carbon. CO2. Hmm. They take CO2 come up with a recipe, go through a fermentation process, and because CO2 does a photosynthesis and generates oxygen, they've also figured out how to get it to generate a nutritionally dense alternative to meat. So think about the fraud brought upon the world population. You're being told that animals contribute to environmental devastation through greenhouse gas emissions, when in fact it's those very greenhouse gas emissions that they use to render the animal useless. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, the, the lies are incredible. I, I have one more uh, very interesting thing from, from the history. March 29, 1974, in China. <clears throat> Chinese farmers discover a terracotta, a terracotta army of 1880, no, I'm sorry, 8,000 clay warrior statues buried in the ground in the ground is the guard of the tomb of china's first emperor which was back from uh 210 bc you know you start to scratch your head what what happened to all this human history that we should know yeah where is it that was eight thousand eight thousand clay warriors That took a while to build. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I would have liked the contract for that. 
But I, I think the contract back at that time was slavery. So yeah, no, right, maybe, uh, exactly. Yeah. They did not have bulldozers. Just saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think the emperor put it out for bid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your bid's too low. Yeah. So, so let's look at a couple of things. You know, it, it is getting a little crazy out there. Um, uh, it looks like we're going to have some real financial issues hit the fan in a couple of months. Um, you know, if the euro goes, you can expect, in my opinion, not financial advice. Uh, it's a disclaimer <laughs> that um, you can expect the dollar to go uh, a, a few weeks later. Um, but the, you can, you know, if you, anybody with a computer can get on and, and just search for Prepper Books PDF, and you'll find uh, hundreds of of books that you can download for free. I'll give you advice on on a lot of things that that may come forward. You know, such as you know when there's no doctor or when mm-hmm. there's no dentist. Um, and uh, you know, um, a few other things like that. So, uh, again, we can sit here and stew about all of the things that are happening around the world, the financial crisis, which is coming in some shape or form. There's no doubt about it. The most important thing all of us need to do is just figure out how to protect those we love, build our community to be stronger and find a way to create a dependence, this, this an independence to alleviate the dependence that we have on government. I mean, I, for a long time, marveled at how they were spending so much money to get rural water to everybody. I now, I clearly see the ploy behind getting rural water to everybody. They they allow their infrastructure for water on their own to completely erode. Yeah. 87% of Americans are in municipal water. What happens when the electricity drops? Or the chlorine, you run out of chlorine. Or potassium uh, manganate, you know, it's, and, and, uh, you know, so, so it's, it's a control, again, another control factor. Um, all right. But I'm not going to stew about it. I'm going to learn how to freeze dry my stew. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken stew. (laughs) Chicken stew. By the way, as crazy as it is, you can go to Costco and buy a chicken cooked all ready to go for five dollars, and I and I'm paying more than that for baby chicks. Do you know where that chicken pre-cooked came from? Um, should I guess like Nebraska? Good guess, Fremont, Nebraska. And I have friends that are raising your chickens for five bucks, JC. It's amazing that they could do it at that price. We've successfully so. journeyed down the road. Connecting food producers to food consumers for J.C. Cole and everybody who knows you need to be prepared. I'm Trent Luce reminding you that all roads do lead to a rural route with chicken loaded. And finally, today, I want to remind you, April the 12th continues to creep up. That's two weeks from today, folks. April 12th, a parodic auction has a sale that I think somebody is going to be interested in. I love this part. I ranched five miles not five miles, for five years, about 60 miles from where this ranch is located in Murdo, South Dakota. 
Get full details about how this opportunity of 2,305 acres might just fit into your ranching plans. Most important thing that I'm passionate about, let's make sure domestic interest buys this U.S. land in central South Dakota. Dan Perotic, Perotic Auction, P-I-R-O-U-T-E-K, ParoticAuction.com for full details, April 12, Murdo, South Dakota.